This episode of the Midday Madness Sports Podcast is brought to you by Alpine Unlimited Company. Their mission is to provide high-quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedcompany.com, and if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedcompany.com, and use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. Testing, 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 do you read? We inhale! It's time for the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. Episode 23, welcome back to the Midday Man of Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening, wherever you may be listening, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcast. This this podcast is sponsored by Alpine Unlimited Company. Their mission is to provide high-quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at Alpine Unlimited Company. Dot com And if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedco.com and use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. Eric Miller alongside Noah Pegler. Pegler, how are you doing today? I don't know why I just said Pegler, but I just figured let's shorten it. Let's condense it. Let's go in. Man, Eric, I will say I am pumped because my Boston Celtics Going to the NBA Finals for the first time since 2010. It's hard to believe this is our 22nd NBA Finals appearance, but yet this is the first time since, you know, the top movie was Inception and top songs like Dynamite. The top song was like Dynamite and like other like songs from 2010 (laughs) that you got to, you know, flash back to because that was the last time we actually got to see boston in the nba finals yeah 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 you know what also happened in that finals by the way kobe bryant with a broken finger with messed up knees with a broken shoulder almost still won and beat you in seven it was well worth it to remember that one of my favorite all-time series of all time lakers celtics loved it well, it's a Lakers rivalry with the Celtics. I mean, you got to watch the uh, 30 for 30 with uh, the Lakers and Celtics. It's uh, very good. I'm working my way through it. Finally. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's why I got ESPN Plus. But how are you doing, Eric? I'm good. It's Memorial Day weekend. So happy Memorial Day weekend, everyone. I've been enjoying some uh, Sam Adams all weekend long. Uh, I got this variety pack, which has been great. So, and I've also been just chilling with the summer ale all day. So I have a nice, I'm just that, I'm just calm right now. I'm just enjoying the weather. And it's, we had our pool out today. So we got to be in the pool for a bit. We got some sun clearly, because I didn't realize how much the sun I actually got. Um, yeah. But I, I am a little upset. I will admit, because I'm looking at a whiteboard right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks sad. However, I did get the one right. And I did say on our show, I would have rather see the Boston Golden State Warriors series. I did say this, mm-hmm. but I'm very upset that, oh, it's going to hurt me. It just is. I'm going to just peel it off like a Band-Aid. <laughs> <sighs> Man. But I did get Golden State in five. 
five games. So I'm happy about that. That kind of, I feel like that evens it out for me because not only did I get Golden State winning, I got them winning in five games. Yeah, you at least called that. And, I mean, I gave Dallas a little more credit, and they just didn't show up. And, honestly, they just need a little more help for Luka. They need a lot more help. Bradley Beal, hey, you know who we could, like, who we just were talking about before we got on? CJ McCollum was available, but not anymore because he linked, he inked himself to ESPN for the next couple of years. But that could have been a player that could have helped Luca in that series. But mm-hmm. I have a theory about Luca that I want to get into in a little bit uh, during the show. But um, it is Memorial Day weekend, and I hope everyone's been having a safe Memorial Day weekend. Uh, obviously, we're going to have the quote of the day. Question, can we stump pegs today? And also, our this day in sports history, a lot to come on the show. And I don't even know where we should start. Should we just start off with the series that just ended last night and yeah, just start. go from there? All right. I, obviously, this, you are the Celtics fan. You are the diehard guy. I mean, what were you? what was going through your mind last night when you were watching this game? And then once the the – he missed that three towards the end. What, what were you, what's going through you? I meant to text you last night, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, games, even going back to game six, I was frustrated with the fact that it was our home floor. We were down and it just, we, we kept making so many mistakes in that game. And it, it, it felt like it took the momentum out of us. And I knew it, we had to leave it all on the line yesterday. And then I was glad we started out on a hot start leading by 15 at the end of the first quarter. But then the one thing that was getting frustrating was all the and ones. There were too many fouls and made buckets by Jimmy Butler. And they just kept adding points. And then, I mean, I thought Tyler Hero was going to be doing a little more, but he didn't. Again, the injury was just a little too much for him. He didn't even play in the second half. And then you, you just look at how Boston played and, it just got so frustrating when we were building on like a 12 point lead. We got even back to like 13 points, but then Miami made like a bunch of threes and Jimmy Butler got inside the paint and then bam out of bio is like, you know, throwing dunks down or the mid range right underneath the basket. And it's getting frustrating. Cause it's like, you're just letting them walk right in, just keeping them going. And it just it was happening like that. And then everything like Kyle Lowry, he kept getting all the charge calls that he wanted, even the one that wasn't even initially called. It was called a block against him. And then he's like, yeah, well, he gets a challenge, and yet they reversed it, calling it a charge on Jalen Brown. And it was just like, really? You're going to keep letting Kyle Lowry do this stuff? And then even in the final minutes, I saw Boston shot after shot, giving it to Marcus Smart. He kept missing. And then I really thought in this series – there were times I was getting frustrated where we was skipped giving up three point shotters to Max Struess. Who the heck is Max Struess? <laughs> and I thought, you know, we were going to start blowing it to this guy now, especially considering Tyler Hero was pretty much done after the second half of the series. And then we look at this. He makes the big three smart, missing the shot. And then, of course, Jimmy Butler. I had a feeling that, you know, the place was going to blow up when he made that. And then mm. even then he misses and it's like, wow, Butler should have drove in, especially since there was the shot clock was shut off. The heat could have held that final possession. 
They didn't have to give it back to Boston. They could have gone for the tie, gone to overtime, especially seeing how the momentum was with them. And you had Marcus Smart knock down the free throws. And then at that point, it was too late. Also, key thing, Kyle Lowry burning a timeout when they still had like five minutes to go, especially when you could have gone for the jump ball. I have seen so many jump ball calls in the NBA playoffs this year. It's like, I've never seen this before in like the last few years. It's like they hadn't, they didn't used to call it as much like jump ball. Like they call it always in college and high school, but like, it felt like it was starting to go away in the NBA at times yet. They did. They just been calling it so much. Like, I don't know what it is, but yet, they decided to burn a timeout and that only left them with one for like the last five minutes. I couldn't allow Spolstra to, you know, at least run up some plays that really would have helped Miami. But I will say credit to Miami for what they did. Jimmy Butler, again, phenomenal player. Mm. He really should be valued in this sport. And I mean, it's hard to believe that this guy does not have an NBA championship and he's only been to one finals. I mean, the fact that, I mean, with his time with the bulls, T wolves, and then even with the Sixers, of course it was knocked down by that one Kawhi Leonard (laughs) point shot. And then here, Boston, I'm, I'm glad we won one because we're going to the finals and two, because those two trophies named after Bob Cousy and Larry bird. The two legendary Celtics and Jason Tatum won the conference MVP. So I'm just so happy we finally get to go to the finals for the first time since, you know, top movies were Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows, part one, Inception, <laughs> and, and even Toy Story 3. Yes! So <laughs> been a while, been a while. And I mean, even the, the last time I think I was in, I think I was in the fifth grade when that, that happened last time. The, you were in the, the fifth grade? Yeah, the uh... last time. The, the Celtics were in the were in the NBA finals. Oh, little Noah in fifth grade. I would love to see a picture of this. <laughs> I was short too. I was like only a I think like I don't even know if I was uh I think it was at least like five two at that point. Really? <laughs> I was a short I was a I was a short kid. I was not, I didn't even make it past like five whatever until like uh at least high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's so funny. The funny thing is, last time that the Celtics were in the finals, I was, how old was I? I just turned 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, and the funny thing is, I remember like, I remember the entire series because my buddy had just graduated high school and we've been friends since for like years. And I remember the game that I think Kobe scored 21 in the third quarter. Um, we were hanging out, and Dwayne Wade was at that game. This is also a couple weeks before LeBron James made his decision to go to Miami, by the way. And I also remember I was with a group of friends, and they're they're not like sports people. I was the sports guy with everyone. In every group that I've ever gone to, I've always been the sports guy. And I remember like I had the game on, and they're like, hey, Eric, what's up? Can't talk. Watching the game. Game seven. Can't talk. And I was so glued to the TV that everyone else would join into the room and watch. They're like, oh, my goodness, this is a very intense game. Like, I could see why you're stuck. This is like watching it. And all my friends, I love them to death. They were all anime people. And like this, this is my equivalent to anime. Like, this is what I want to watch. And this is what I picture of like a great battle in anime. This is what's going to happen. Kobe versus the great big three of the Celtics. Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. And I remember watching, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, the Lakers are going to win. Kobe Bryant's going to get his fifth. 
Yes. Oh, I was so pumped for that. So pumped because it meant more for Kobe at that point, because you didn't know if Kobe was ever going to get to the finals, which he never did. You didn't know if he was ever going to get that second chance to beat the Boston Celtics ever in the NBA finals. Cause you remember two years before that they had lost in the NBA finals against the same big three in Boston. They got wiped out by like 40 something points. And I believe it was what game six in Boston. It was, it was an ugly series for the Lakers. Garnett just owned Pau Gasol. But moving forward, I got a little sidetracked with the history. I love the history of it. Looking at this game last night, there, yes, there were a lot of good and there was a lot of bad. It was equal both parts. Kyle Lowry taking a timeout was about seven and a half left in the fourth quarter. That's a bad part. Jimmy Butler take, forcing up a three when you have Al Horford in front of you, and all you had to do was just blow by him. You know the refs are going to call a foul at that point. You could have taken a lead right there and then force the Celtics to really take a chance, although they did have two timeouts, so they could have at least had the ball for the, the possession. I think there was like 11 seconds left at that point. And then maybe call a timeout if you don't like the look that the defense gave you. At least that's giving you, Miami, more time. There was a lot of good, but a lot of bad. But the one good that really stuck out to me, whatever team was going to go out first and what whatever team was going to start out faster and harder and play smarter, that's the team that was going to win. And that was the Celtics last night. There's no denying that the 21-7 to lead, 14-point lead with five minutes left in the first quarter, that's what dug the Miami in. Miami could not answer, and it took them up until the very – They were this close from stealing. They didn't win it. They would have stole it from the Celtics because then the question would have been, how did the Celtics let the Miami Heat get back in? How did they let them go on a 14-0 run? If Jimmy Butler had made that three, he did not. It was only an 11-0 run, and the only way they got up was because of those two free throws from Marcus Smart. So the question isn't, well, Jimmy Butler gave everything. Kyle Lowry was not healthy. Tyler Hero was not healthy. Jimmy Butler did everything he possibly could. Bam was absent. Victor Oladipo was actually a good spark. Uh, for the Miami Heat, they were just too injured. That's going to be that, – and that's going to be it for the Miami Heat. Unfortunately, that is the narrative that ends their season. The Celtics started hot, stayed hot, played defense, really started to question Miami and made them into a lot of t- tough shots and also – they made that there was at least three or four empty possessions because of shot clock violations that the Celtics defense forced Miami into. Now, again, they're not healthy, but that was something that was really tough to watch Miami. Like, okay, Miami, every time you need to run, there would at least be one shot clock violation at least every three or four minutes. So it's like, all right, Boston had a great rotation defensively, but now where, like, what's going to happen next? You can't just rely on Jimmy Butler. And I think he took over too late. I think if he had started it mid first quarter, then the Heat probably would have had a better chance. He was relying on guys like Struess to get going. He was relying on guys. Hero, I don't even think played the rest of the second half. I'm pretty sure he was out for the rest of the game. Kyle Lowry couldn't really get it going. He was great defensively and agitating the the offensive players, but he couldn't get it going either. And then Bam was just really absent. He didn't seem like it was the same confidence that we saw in game three. That it was as that's as high as the confidence is going to get in game three. We're going to fall flat 
And that's how it was for him, which sucks. But I hope that they learn from this. And now the question is going to be, is what's going to happen with Kyle Lowry? Because I don't really remember if they signed him for a two-year deal or not. And now that what are they going to try to move off of him? What other piece are they going to try to get for Jimmy Butler? However, for the Celtics, I mean, finally it took them a decade, like 12 years to get back to the NBA Finals. 12 long years. Three Eastern Conference Finals failures in that decade. Once against the Heat. Actually, was it once or twice against the Heat that they had lost? Um, I think I think it was twice because one was against LeBron James, and I believe the other one was that bubble against Jimmy Butler and this team. Yeah, so three failures, three times you were so close. Now, who is the pressure going to be on? Is it going to be on Golden State, or is it going to be on Boston? Because Golden State's been here. They've done this before. They have been the champion. This is their sixth time as a unit. By the way, this brings us to the question of the day. So speaking of the NBA Finals, <clears throat> to clear my throat. In the NBA Finals history, how many times in the NFL, NBA Finals history? I almost said NFL, by the way. How many times in NBA Finals history has at least one team with at least a hundred games of Finals experience on its roster, while the other roster had zero games? And this is straight from ESPN.com. So. You said, a, what was that, 100 games? At least 100 games of experience in the NBA Finals compared to the other roster. So, obviously, we know Golden State has been here before, right? Yes. Their sixth time. Mm-hmm. How many times in NBA history has a team had at least 100 games of experience in the NBA Finals compared to the other team, which is Boston, who's had zero Finals experience? Yeah, it's, it's definitely – when you think about it, not something you would think of often, but I think it's happened at least, uh, I'm going to say at least three times in the NBA. Is that your final answer? Yes. Oh my goodness. We did not stump pegs. It is exactly three times. Wow. (laughs) Do you know those other two teams? Uh, well, maybe that's what the question I should have said instead. Well, at least the, three times this has happened. <laughs> I at least got the initial question right. So this is just bonus. So um, I would have to guess the 2005 Pistons as uh, one. Um, now we're talking then, finals. Remember, not conference finals. No. Yeah. Well, I'm counting that Pistons team that, you know, um, that won the finals against the Lakers. So actually, maybe that was 04, whoever, whatever year that, that was. was. 04, 03, yeah. 04. Yep, and then um, before that, uh, man, I mean, you probably got to go back at least a bit to figure out this one. So I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna throw a guess: uh, the '99 New York Knicks. <laughs> wrong. Yeah, <laughs> actually wrong on both counts. Okay, well, <laughs> it is the Bulls twice. Oh, okay. It is the '91 Bulls against the '91 Lakers because the Lakers had already had experience. By that point, that was the beginning of the Bulls dynasty. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And the Lakers were already there for a while. And then on the flip side, in 97, obviously the Bulls had already been there and the Jazz just got to the NBA Finals. Remember, they had made it to the Western Conference Finals for years, but they, they lost to the Rockets. They lost to, I believe, the Suns was one of those, uh, the Lakers here and there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the 97 Bulls and the 91 Bulls are the two teams 
two of those three teams, and now including the Golden State Warriors, are on that list of the at least a hundred giant a hundred games of experience in the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and to look at uh, just back more of the series with the Heat and Celtics. I mean, one thing that was kind of interesting was the fact that. Eric Spolstra decided to stick with more of his main guys. He didn't use yeah. the he didn't use the depth that was one of the Heat's strengths throughout this entire season, throughout this entire postseason as well. There was no there was no Caleb Martin, and then there was a, there were people questioning where was Duncan Robinson. I know he hadn't been a big part, but you know where was his minutes? I mean, considering how even he, like the fact that even Tyler Hero couldn't go, you would think you would have gone more of Robinson at yeah. least as an extra player to at least keep these guys flowing. And then that was just one criticism you could probably draw away from this game against Miami. I know some people are talking about the Max Struess three-pointer that was taken away because they thought his foot was out of bounds. It was. I mean, I mean, it clearly was. I mean, I looked at the replay, but it looked like his foot was at least up a bit. So the heel, even if your heel is over the line, you're, you're out of bounds. I mean, yeah. but even then, you got to look at the fact that, you know, the Heat had their chance with the Butler shot. I mean, they'll, exactly. admit, they'll admit it that the Butler shot was there and he should have at least taken a better shot considering, you know, you went for a three. Even Van Gundy was like, you don't take that considering that's not your best shot. One no. of them said it. Yeah. It was like Van Gundy also, when you have Al Horford out and everyone's on the perimeter, like attack. You have at least six or seven seconds. You could draw the foul, and I don't remember how many fouls Horford had at that point. But the fact is that Jimmy Butler's got it. You just have to attack. You can't just go in and be like, "Oh, well, I'm going to try to win it with a three. And that's the problem with the three ball now is that so many teams are relying on it, where they're not going to get it. You're, it's not always going to fall. Even the Warriors have gone cold a few times. Remember the 20, what was it? The 2016, 2017 Houston Rockets when they went six for whatever it was, it was terrible. And that's what they lived and they died by in the NBA. You like, you could only do so much at the three point line, but if everyone's spread out and you have a big guy in front of you and you know, you can blow by him, do it. Or like, even if he blocks you, you're going to get out of bounds. You're going to get an inbounds. And then you still have time in the clock. You still have your one time out, I believe, at that point. But you, you don't take the three. Now, I know he was feeling confident. I'm not saying Jimmy Butler was not feeling confident because, I mean, when you score 35 points and you score 45, 46 points in back-to-back games, you obviously have a lot of confidence going for you. But we can't just pin this all on Jimmy Butler. This was the team as the whole for Miami Heat. And they just didn't play. Like you said, Duncan Robinson was here, then he wasn't. Maybe there's an issue going on that we don't know about. That's what it kind of what this the the narrative I got from that was. Uh, obviously, Hero wasn't healthy. Bam out of bio. Who knows what the heck happened with that guy? I mean, game three, he looked like, well, this is gonna be the new NBA finals MVP because normally game threes, that's where an MVP shows up. He did show up, and then he went flat the rest of the way. Um Kyle Lowry, unfortunately, just wasn't healthy enough. So the guys that we think, and even they had a Morris brother on the bench who didn't who didn't even play. Like that actually, one of the more key was he either Mark? I think it was Markeith Morris because I think Marcus is on the Clippers. But yeah. still, one of the Morris brothers can produce. We saw that with Boston a couple of years ago for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that the depth was just not trusted by Miami. I mean, was just the 
a decision. I, I even thought, you know, just get, I mean, looking at Butler, I get he wanted to play that entire game, but even then that fourth quarter, there were times where, you know, he was missing some key shots and yeah. like, especially at least in the early half of the fourth quarter. I mean, what if it killed Jimmy just to sit out for like a, at least one breather and just regain a bit of his energy. I mean, I know the Celtics were leading, but it was a shaky game the entire time. The Celtics couldn't hold on to a lead larger than 15 points, and that was their key problem, but they got it done. I mean, you look at Coach Udoka, people are talking about today the fact that the Pacers, the Cavs, and the Pistons all passed on him as, you know, they he could have been the coach there, but now he's going to the NBA Finals. And then I just want to say credit to Brad Stevens. This guy saw it through. I mean, he, he deserves a lot of credit with the fact that he started no NBA experience, and yet he's pretty much the main guy with the reason why this Celtics team is the way it was now, especially coming out when we lost a lot of our key guys with Garnett, Allen, and Pierce gone, and Dark Doc Rivers no longer being the coach. I mean, a lot of credit goes to him. And even Danny Ainge, who's no longer, no longer with the organization as he's with Utah now. So Boston got uh, finally getting to the finals with, I mean, they're talking about the big three with Smart and Brown and Tatum. I mean, it's, it's an era that's finally paying off. And then, I mean, you mentioned the three conference finals. I mean, I believe it might have been four because we lost two to Cleveland when uh, with was LeBron. Because one of them was... Two of them were, were against Cleveland. 2017 was when we had Isaiah Thomas, Kelly Olynyk, Jonas, <laughs> Jonas Drepko, Marcus Smart, those, and even Jay Crowder. Those were our main guys out on the floor for the Boston Celtics that year. But then the next year was when we brought in Irving. We brought in Gordon Hayward. But, yeah, Hayward was hurt that entire year. Irving had his injuries. And then that's when we – that was also the year of scary Terry uh, with Terry. <laughs> Terry yeah. So, but then everyone's talking about also the revenge tour because we lost to Milwaukee in the semifinals. We got yeah. revenge against them, beating them in the semifinals. We played Brooklyn. I mean, that one was just sweet in itself because, you know, it's beating Brooklyn and beating Kyrie Irving, especially because he stepped on lucky last year. And then, Beating Miami again in the conference finals, especially knowing that we could have done it in the bubble. So everyone's saying we got a revenge tour done, but now we got to take on the top team of this past decade in the Golden State Warriors with the Splash Brothers, Draymond Green, and that tough coach and Steve Kerr. <laughs> so it was back to back years that you lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, 2017 and 2018. Yeah, it was and back in 2020. Was- it was three out of four years we had lost conference finals. That's what was so frustrating about the fact that this team just couldn't get over the hump. And part of it was the whole LeBron James uh, domination of that era. Dominate. Well, but. yeah, eight straight, eight, straight fi- eight straight finals appearances by LeBron. And yet here we are. We're seeing four different teams now that he's gone. Yeah, it's ugh. Thank God it's over with. We'll never see that again. Uh, Al Horford at the time, by the way, in the game had four fouls against him. Only one player in the game had more than him, and that was Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics. Uh, so if you're Jimmy Butler, obviously, why, why why are you not taking it? Why are you not taking it against him? Uh, I, I'll tell you another person who surprised me, by the way, for the Boston Celtics. And he also comes from 
my team, my favorite team that didn't even make it to the playoffs, by the way, is a, a guy named Derek White. You know, you might have heard of him because Derek White, who came off the bench as a backup and just outplayed almost everyone on the court and seemed like he could not hit or he could not miss anything. And Derek White is definitely a reason why the Boston Celtics are moving forward. And it like great for him because I not going to lie. I love Derek White. Even when he was on the San Antonio Spurs, he's such a smart player and it's about time that he's getting credit because this is the kind of player that Greg Popovich, he, he molds, he shapes, he knows what he's going to get out of these guys and he gets it done. And Derek White is a, testament to what Greg Popovich can do in the, in the NBA. And yeah, actually you mentioned that. Yeah. Derek white game six, he had like 22 points. He was knocking down big threes in that game. I was frustrated because we had wasted his performance and yet he was going all out. And man, we, I mean, just like how Grant Williams helped us out in game seven against the bucks. I mean, Grant, I mean, Derek white really stepped up and I'm glad that he's been able to back us up and really uh, help contribute to this team also i mean you look at the the our bench as well i mean we got a rotation of grant williams as long as he does get in foul trouble he's been getting a lot of <laughs> he's been getting a lot of fouls lately and then even robert williams i mean i will say this guy he had been on our bench for the longest time and yet he had to sit behind guys like aaron baines even now horford and then when daniel tice was like the starting center and yet robert williams just never got the minutes but here he is after, you know, sitting on the bench and learning the game, he's a good player. And I, I and it, it solidifies a solid Celtics starting lineup when he's fully healthy and ready to go. Yeah, obviously Tatum had the most minutes for the Boston Celtics, but uh, most of the players on the Celtics, at least four of the five starters, averaged four, 40 minutes a game in game seven and barely sat. Uh, the only closest player would be Grant Williams, who was the sixth man on the team. But now they go against a team who, if I'm looking at the whiteboard, oh, yeah, the one thing I got right on this whiteboard, uh, Golden State Warriors beat Luka Doncic and the the Dallas Mavericks. And now they play against, as you had already said, and many other people are already saying right now, is the team of this past decade, which I think if you think about the team of the past decade, that's LeBron James team but these guys have been very consistent these guys have been here have done that and are trying to get some redemption because the last time they were in the nba finals they lost to the toronto raptors who had kyle lowry Kawhi leonard danny green serge abaca uh just to name a few players from the toronto raptors team and oh by the way they didn't have a healthy kevin durant they had boogie cousins on the bench and who played, I think, one or two games and then was irrelevant. Clay Thompson only came back for about one or two games and then got hurt and has been out ever since. Draymond Green was still there, and the pressure was too much for Steph Curry. But now, these three, these golden boys, these Golden State men, warriors, whatever you want to call them, they're back. And they decimated the Western Conference, and it wasn't even fair. Um, and I'll get into my point about Luca in just a little bit, but this team, this Warriors team, they're back. And this is about the same team. Now you're missing at least one player, which I would include the Harrison Barnes originally from the original 
uh, Golden State Warriors team, but they still have Andre Iguodala. They no longer have Sean Livingston anymore. And these three just know how to do it, and they know how to play. And now you add in Jordan Poole. Now you add in um, – I'm trying to think of who else has actually been relevant for this team <laughs> for the Golden State Warriors. Andrew but, Wiggins, yeah. Yeah, Wiggins, who of all people, everyone wrote him off. And in that Western Conference Finals, he was like, no, 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 this is me. This, I've always been like this. You guys wrote me off. I never wrote me off. This team never wrote me off. In fact, this is the reason why this team got me to play here in Golden State. And this is the reason why I wanted to come in and play with them, because I knew if I play with this team, I have a chance to go to the NBA Finals. Sure enough, that's what they're doing. And now is the pressure on Golden State for redemption? Because as you had already said, Boston is coming in for the revenge tour. The Warriors are also coming in on not really as much of a revenge tour as as the Celtics did, you know, avenging a loss, avenging a loss, avenging a loss. But the Golden State Warriors still think that, hey, we're the top dogs here. We are the team. Do you forget about us? I know it's been a couple years, but we're still here. We can still do this. Yeah, this was a Warriors team that you got to remember when they were in that finals against the Raptors, they were riddled with injuries. Mm -hmm. Durant tried to play his way back in, but it was too much. The injury just made it much, much worse when he tried to play in Toronto. And then you had Klay Thompson, um, you know, with, with his own injury at the ACL, I believe. And then he ends up going out there, making the free throws, and then finally coming out of the game. And he was out of basketball for a while. And then yep. it started a whole cycle of injuries for the Warriors. I mean, even Curry missed time in 2019, 2020, um, as the team moved to their new stadium because it was the last year of Oracle Arena as well, the one yeah. during that NBA final. So this is the first time they'll be playing in San Francisco at the Chase Center. And for the Golden State Warriors, they had missed the playoffs in the last two years. They missed it outright in 2020. Didn't even travel down to the bubble. That was it. They did not play basketball for the longest time. And then once the 2021 2021 season started, then you had the Warriors going to the play-in game, losing to the Grizzlies in yep. uh, their play-in matchup. And then that was uh, their season. And then you look at how they've been now. I mean, you, you, I, the one thing I always think about Andrew Wiggins is that I believe he was the guy that Cleveland traded to get Kevin Love. And because that was part of the deal, because LeBron's like, I want Kevin Love to be part of this team. And yet the, I believe the Cavaliers drafted Wiggins. And yet they're like, well, you're just not going to be part of this team. We're just going to send you to Minnesota because Minnesota is willing to send us Kevin Love. And mm -hmm. so then Golden State now developing other players. I mean, Jordan Poole. I mean, having himself a great postseason, he averaged about 16 points per game in that Dallas Mavericks series. And then now Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. I mean, this feels like, obviously, just more familiarity, just the fact that they were just winning games again. They took down the weakened Denver Nuggets. I mean, they were there with Nikola Jokic, another MVP award for him, but not their best year, especially not their healthiest either. No Jamal Murray. And then the fact that you also took down the Grizzlies. And then some people would say, well, John Morant wasn't there for like the later half of the series. So, you know, that could have gone seven games. That could have gone yep. different. And then you're taking on uh, a Dallas Mavericks team who obviously taking on Luka Doncic, who's only by himself. 
I mean, if, if Luca literally had a, some more superstar talent, I mean, nobody else had made an all-star game on that Dallas Mavericks roster, no. and yet they at least got one game. But credit is due to the Warriors because this is experience. I expect a lot out of this Warriors team, and, I mean, I, I had them going all the way to the conference finals to begin with, and seeing that, you know, Phoenix was going to be the only team standing in their way, I mean, seeing how they didn't even have to face Phoenix, <laughs> I know, that, I know. I knew it was their time to uh, reclaim the spotlight that they have earned for the last several years. I mean, with so much quality talent, and I will say Celtics need to figure out how to play hard and also not get down themselves real quick and be sure to guard on the three against top guys like Curry and Thompson. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because it's like the new blood versus the old blood, but the Boston Celtics have not been in this situation before, which I think is really funny. Uh, but I do think that they can put up a lot of fight because I think the size is, and I was talking to a friend of mine who was a huge uh, Golden State Warriors fan. He, and he was telling me that I would prefer the Miami Heat because Miami Heat are small. The Celtics are big. They got big guys. They got Jason Tatum, who is a an up and coming Kobe Bryant kind of kind of player. Uh, they ha- which also, by the way, I don't know if you saw this on Bleacher Report. Yeah, he wore the number twenty four on his arm, and he had texted Kobe that I got you, meaning I got you for Game Seven. So the mama mentality was in in full flux for uh, Jason Tatum, which if he just changes number 24, now he will be the chosen second coming son. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, I, I love Kobe Bryant. So like that to me is like, okay, I can accept that. That's like the one redeeming quality of the Boston Celtics right now for me is Jason Tatum and how much respect he has for Kobe Bryant. Um, but the Boston Celtics, they are going to give this, this Steph Curry and Clay Thompson fits because think about the matchups right now. So you're going to have Marcus Smart probably on Clay Thompson, right? Most likely, you're going to have Al Horford on Draymond Green. Horford's <laughs> a big dude, right? Uh, Horford's going to have some size advantage against Draymond. And by the way, they both could stretch the floor. So you're already like that's already going to diminish because normally Draymond Green is going against Max Kleba of the of the Dallas Mavericks in the last round. Kleba can shoot, but he's not consistent. Horford will shoot a three. He has no problem shooting a three and defending the three because that I mean look at the guys that he has to defend anyways in the Eastern Conference that that gives them an advantage. And then you look at at Steph Curry. Who's going to be on him? Is it going to be Grant Williams? Is it going to be uh, who's your other guy? That I haven't said yet. Who's he? Who, Brown? Yeah, Jalen Brown. So there's some size, and you're probably going to double Curry with Jalen Brown, with Marcus Smart, or with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum at one point, and force them into a tough situation. Uh, then you're going to have Wiggins. So Wiggins is going to probably going to be with Tatum because that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Tatum's going to destroy Wiggins, and you you look at the centers. Who who does the uh, oh? Uh, Looney, Looney for the um, for the Warriors, and most likely your your guy. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Robert Williams as long as he's healthy to go. Yeah, so uh, maybe Looney has a better chance if he's healthy. Uh, but I think they even shout. I think this is a very even matchup on paper. But can they defend the three? Is the Celtics' problem? That's that has to be number one. 
give them the lanes to drive, which we know Curry has been able to do, but you have to defend the three and somehow box that, that paint maybe a little better and only limit the one. Uh, those, those would be my keys for the Boston Celtics to win is you have to, you have to defend the three. You have to watch and make sure that they're not getting hot because of the, the set if Steph and clay and even Wiggins and even pool, by the way, if any one of those number of players gets help is gets hot, you're in for disaster because not only will a three point lead grow, it could grow to a 16, 17 point lead within two minutes. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? What, what, what? what? <laughs> yeah. And obviously for the Celtics, it's just consistently scoring because there have been times where the Celtics, they, they were like uh, how the Timberwolves were in their first round matchup against the Grizzlies. Cause the Timberwolves themselves, had big leads, but yet they blew it. There were times yeah. in in, this, in these po- postseason games that Boston had leads. We blew them to Milwaukee, and then we even blew them a few times to Miami. And so right now, we can't play like this against Golden State because that that we're just gonna be just down the whole time. And the fact that even if we're up ahead, I'm I mean, again, I've seen Steph Curry pull up from so much, and I mean, I will say this: I am excited. To play against the Golden State Warriors, mainly because really? I, the fact that look, we wanted this for years. People have been saying this. With like, we could have had Warriors and Celtics a few years ago, True. and yet I, I mean, I wanted a chance to you know take them to try and uh, at least give them failed. a fight, and you know at least take them on. But yet it was always been one game in that series, by the way. <laughs> it, it was only stinking LeBron, and yet like we couldn't ever get to the NBA finals because I saw even in the regular season, we gave golden state a run for their money. And that's why people were like, yeah, we, this could have been the NBA finals at some point. And yet we just never got that chance. But now here is our chance because we got the, we got our guys Tatum Brown and smart They're They're more experienced now. And then here, Curry Thompson and Draymond green. I mean, they're still all the same guys and, here they are. They're just going to be tough. And I will say, I mean, looking at this, I mean, you're going to have Marcus Smart, you know, just trying to get uh, in that in the faces and even like uh, just continuing to be a defensive pest that he is uh, against some of these top guys. And then I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Draymond to, you know, at least uh, try and shake things up. And I mean, oh, of course, he has to because that's just how Draymond Green is. Exactly. But this should be. Everyone's excited for this series, and yet, I mean, again, game one starts on Thursday, and the only thing I just need to know is that, at least for my Boston Celtics, is just that as long as they can keep the energy, I mean, we might be a bit exhausted considering we, again, went to the brink against Milwaukee and Miami. Yeah, but you had like four extra days off against the Brooklyn Nets. You're fine. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but that was like a month ago. (laughs) I know. if it. It really is a month ago. Like the fact that we are now at the NBA finals this week and just like mid April was a month and a half ago was when the NBA playoffs even started. It's crazy that the end is here finally. So as I'm looking at our whiteboard for the final time for the NBA finals, do you want to give your prediction now or do you want to give it for our next episode? No, I'll give it now because, again, we'll be at least a few games in. I mean, I know by next episode we'll at least be probably two games in because at least, yeah. they, they'll stretch out the finals to where you at least 
we'll only be on like game three possibly by the time we do our next episode. But I'm giving yes. my I'm giving my prediction now, and I am riding with wait, my wait. guys. I, or I was gonna say, should I do a drum roll? But wait, oh, we already know who it is. No, I got to ride with my guys. <laughs> Boston Celtics, we got to do this, but it's got to be in seven games. Come on. You got you got to give seven more because I know that <laughs> Thompson and Curry, them. they're, they're going to they're gonna be tough as anything. But yet we got to fight all the way to the end because that is Boston. So I'm taking my guys Celtics in seven. All right. So I'm going to look at this for a second before I get my prediction. <laughs> Uh, as my computer is loading. And again, you are listening to the Midday Man of Sports Podcast. Thank you again for listening. By the way, our show is sponsored. And I got to get to this again. This episode is brought to you by Alpine Limited Company. Their mission is to provide high quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedco.com. And if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedco.com and use ERIC10 to receive 10% off. And so I'm looking at the NBA Finals. And I'm looking at the schedule because that's what I like to look at for some reason. I've always been a schedule guy. I need, I need to know when these things are and when these things happen. So where's the schedule? Here you go. All right. So they start Thursday and then they play Sunday, then Wednesday. And by next Friday, we will have at least game five. So I'm assuming game Wait, are they only? Oh, they only have certain. That's dumb. So June 8th, yeah, it's game four. And then let's go to the next week after that. Wait, really? You're you're, you're not going to let me? This is dumb. No, I went to the wrong website. You know what? NBA.com has better... Stats because I want to know the schedule because for me, the schedule means a lot because obviously you're going to have Thursday and then you're going to Friday and Saturday off. Right. And then you play Sunday and you have a one day off because it's travel day. And then you're going to basically play two days in Boston, go back to Golden State, and then you go back to to uh, Golden, yeah, Golden State and then go back to Boston and then Golden State. So I want to know like when the actual season and game seven is going to be. It's a uh, game seven would be, I believe June 19th. I think around that time. Okay. So which is right by the way, that's originally when summer starts, not this Memorial day weekend stuff. I just want to throw that out there. People in PA are a little twisted with their weather and when's, and I can see why they get confused when the seasons start. It's not today. Summer doesn't start today. Yeah, I mean, like I, summer, but it's not. I mean, the, I mean, the thing is, is that since Memorial Day and, you know, the school break kind of coincide with each other, since usually a lot of students, you know, it's like their last day of school or whatever. That that's why they always can coincide with like, yep, it's the beginning of summer. Because it's like, not. <laughs> well, yeah, because summer because officially this is still spring. <laughs> exactly. It may feel like it, but it's not summer. I grew up in New England. We went to school up until about summer. I know this because when I came down here 10 years ago, and it's still dumbfounded about when they get out of school here in Pennsylvania. 
that yeah. they still are they're out of school right now because on Friday was the final day that I had worked for the school year. And I'm like, this is stupid. It's not even summer. Yeah, <laughs> but Massachusetts, we'd have like two and a half to three weeks left of school. But of course, uh people around here, they go back to school before Labor Day. So they always true. go we back to school after. It, they they always they always go back on like August 25th. <laughs> that is true. We we went to school like early September after Labor Day weekend. So that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, right, so usually enough. so so that's like September 6th. <laughs> All right, so you have Boston in seven, which I'm actually going to put that over here. I'm going to go Golden State, and I'm going to go six. And I don't feel comfortable about this, by the way, because I do feel that Boston has a chance. I really do. So you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) There is a chance. It's surprising. Yeah. But it's just because Golden State – this is the reason why I think about this too. Golden State has to prove that they are back. And this is how they do it. They beat a great all-time franchise in the Boston Celtics. They they put themselves, they put the stake down in the ground and say, hey, remember us. This may be the last time that we see them, by the way, because the West is starting to get better. You know, the Lakers aren't going to be in the bottom forever. The Clippers, who knows what's going to happen with them, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, are they are they really done? We don't really know. Because obviously, if they can't re-sign DeAndre Ayton, there's a lot of questions there. Dallas, if they get an, if they get one more superstar, that could help propel them. There's a lot of questions in the West, and that's why I think this one means more to Golden State. Now, Boston, it took them about five years to get here, but I don't think they're going to be done. I think they have a, they have a lot better chance to getting back to the NBA finals. Cause if you think about it, there's about two, three teams that stand in their way compared to the West where it's Utah, depending on what happens with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, uh, the Suns, whatever happens with DeAndre in this off season with the Clippers, the Lakers, and I could literally like the list goes on and on and on and on for the West. For the East, you got the, the 76ers, the Heat, the Nuts, and the Bucks. Those are the other four teams that could be in the Boston Celtics West. Now, if they get injured, obviously that's a different question. But I think the Celtics have a better chance to get into the NBA Finals. Now, if Jason Tatum really now, obviously, we saw that he turned on the Mamba mentality in game seven if he continues that mentality and i do that's that's my f because if he turns this on if he plays the way he did in game seven and really slows the game down like kobe bryant used to do and let the game come to him and then see everything and then react that's why i think the celtics have a chance and it's it really depends on jason tatum how he plays in the nba finals and i game one you give him a pass game two that's when you get to ramp it up a little bit. But if he starts in game one, just like that and plays consistently Celtics have no, ch- the Warriors have no chance of winning because the Celtics will win this. Yeah. I, it depends on how we come out defensively. And then obviously I think the nerves are going to play a factor mm-hmm. due to the fact that again, th- th- this is a, this is the Celtics have a bunch of guys who have never played in this moment. Even Al Horford, who has been playing this game for a long time. I mean, he was just really happy yesterday 
when he, he got the, that moment to finally be in the NBA finals. He was just so happy. Yeah. And then also, also, I will say that another key for the Celtics is that when we're running down the shot clock, don't take bad shots, please, because well, I saw I, I saw Jalen Brown taking a, a, you know, forcing up a, a bad shot. I've seen Marcus Smart force up too many bad shots. It was just ridiculous. But then also to point out one thing that Boston had during those runs to the finals, we never had a consistent point guard. I mean, True. we tried Isaiah Thomas. We got rid of him because, you know, he well. It wasn't that he was too short. It's just that he needed the ball in his hand every single time. And then it's just the fact that nobody really considered him like the superstar mentality. And plus, Danny Ainge wanted Kyrie Irving. But then we try Kyrie. The only problem is that he never wanted to be here. The only reason he he wanted out of Cleveland. He didn't want to play with LeBron anymore. And yet Boston was the only one that would, you know, give up a high draft pick for him because we had the Nets pick at the time. So we had we had we had the capital to acquire Irving in that moment. And so Irving got out the first chance he could. And then we tried Kemba Walker. And unfortunately, he just couldn't live up to the potential. Unfortunately, it was just a little too late. Too much time in Charlotte. Unfortunately, he just did not work out for him. And now we're trying it with Marcus Smart because he's officially our point guard. But yet again, a defensive pest this guy (laughs) can be. And yet, I mean, he definitely, I mean... It's tough. I've been I've been a critic of him, but I will say I can only be happy for him since he's been here the longest out of yeah. all the Celtics guys. He was here when Brad Stevens started, and he wrote it out. And so I got to give the guy credit where it's due, and he he's been here for a long time. So you mentioned a Isaiah Thomas, a player that needs the ball in his hands at all times. Um, it's interesting you say that because it kind of leads me to my next point of not on the NBA finals or the Western conference, but more on the Western conference uh, finals. And I thought of this while I was watching the game and it occurred to me that Luca reminds me of another current NBA player right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you think about that for a second. And if you can guess who that player is. Okay. So he's still playing right now, right? Yep, yeah, He's still playing right now. Okay, so in the Western Conference. He's not in the Western Conference. Oh, he's not in nope. the Western Conference. He's in the Eastern Conference. Uh, hmm. But think uh, back about le- former Western Conference teams hmm. that made it pretty far, but only played one certain way and only played through one person. Are right, you talking about the Houston Rockets? <laughs> I'm talking about James Harden. I was thinking James Harden as soon as you mentioned that. I was like, yeah. And it makes sense because now – and this is where the Dallas Mavericks have to figure this out. And they have to figure this out early. That you were on a crash course to what the Houston Rockets just went through the last four or five years with him being ball-centric, being a guard, being your point guard, but always needing the ball at all times, and then scoring. That series – Reminded me exactly like the Houston Rockets were, and all they had to do was remember, Hey, we did, we played this guy years ago. This is not anyone different. He's a little bigger, but all we have to do is just make him uncomfortable. That's exactly what they did to James Harden. But the Mavericks now need to figure out, are we going to allow him to become like the next James Harden? Or are we going to make sure that we can build around him to make sure that that never happens? Because 
there's a big difference between Luca and Harden. Luca looks for players, kind of like the LeBron James and Max Johnson kind of players did in their time. Luca, it needs the ball, but how much of the ball does it need? Because sometimes it's better when Curry doesn't have the ball. It's better when someone else brings the ball up because Curry is constantly moving around. If they can do an offense like that and let Luca not bring the ball up, but have him moving around and getting open or even finding the next guy open, that's going to be better for them. But I, I saw in the Western Conference Finals that they're on fit. They're start, it's starting to grow a little bit, and it's starting to become James Harden morphing into Luka Doncic. And I'm like, that's not going to be good because when that happens, here we go again, and we already know the outcome of this. Well, the Dallas Mavericks are at this point at a crossroads. Where do they want to go from here? I mean, you yes. look at where they were. You look at where they were last year. They ended up moving on from Rick Carlisle. I mean, after the longest time he'd been with this franchise, winning the championship with Dirk, and then there were rumors floating around that Doncic may not even want to be here. And yeah. I mean, I mean that was that was right around the time whether Carlisle whether Carlisle was not staying at that point. So there was. There was a bit of uncertainty where it's like, okay, what's going on here? And what is Luca? How does he feel now? And yeah. then yeah. during the midway point of the season, it was it was starting to show that Porzingis was no longer going to be part of this organization. It just wasn't working out. The trade just unfortunately did not work for them. And so they sent him off to Washington. And then they bring in Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie did well in the early half of the postseason. And then here he did... 16 points per game in the Golden State Warriors, and it just wasn't enough. And yet, here, Dallas, obviously, first year with Jason Kidd as head coach, in his return as head coach, as, you know, it had been a while since he... Bump me. Yeah, I know. Yep, the whole... (laughs) And even coaching Milwaukee. So, I mean, just the fact that now Dallas just needs to go out there and make a big splash on the free agent market. I mean, you, you you know that when your your team will be playing good when you at least look for guys that you want because I mean, I remember watching a a YouTube channel series called uh, Collapse and they did something called uh, on the on the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, they looked at the team talking about the fact that they waited for the free agents free agency like a few years down the line. It didn't work out because yeah. they didn't really get any of them. And then they ended up spending a bunch of money on uh, Chandler Parsons. And that that was considered a very bad contract, considering he spent more time with injuries than, you know, I think actually playing for the team. Did he? Then, I remember him not really playing that much for that team at that point. Yeah, I mean, they, they gave him like a lot of money to, to because at that point they needed another star player to help support Dirk. But it just didn't work out. And for... Dallas, here they are, hoping that they can at least develop some players, but there needs to be more guys, at least whoever is out there. Dallas needs to be like the first one there. Mark Cuban, I would imagine he's got to be the most aggressive. I mean, I know he's dedicated to Shark Tank, but come on, you got to really focus on be uh, the Shark Tank of your team. Yeah, seriously, you got you got to try and go out there and bring in whoever with Luka Doncic and get Luka involved, especially because knowing that Luka is the top 
player right now, as they're saying, under 25. I mean, Tatum's, they, they say Tatum's second, but they say Luka's the number one guy under 25. And a lot of people are probably expecting him to, depending on how he plays next year, he could win MVP. And so yeah. I'm expecting Luka and Dallas to go all in next year, especially knowing that you have the potential to beat teams like Phoenix. You have the potential to beat Golden State. Just get him more guys. And you even have a chance to even be at least, at least get a higher seed so where you're at least facing a lower seeded team early in the playoffs and also get more home court advantage. That way you get more games in Dallas. Yeah. And I think does Luca and even want to be involved in that? That's the other question because if Luca doesn't want to be involved, then how are we going to know your best player is more, is really interested in the well being of the team. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was a very interesting take of Luca and maybe possibly seeing what the Mavericks are going to be in for. And also maybe seeing what the NBA is getting ready to do, because who knows what's going to happen with that. Uh, speaking of things we didn't really see coming originally, uh, there were reports that Lakers were expected to hire someone. And now they have finally did according to the associated press and the Lakers have hired Darvin Ham to replace Frank Vogel as head coach. Uh, the former NBA player had served as the Bucks' top assistant since 2018 and also was a part of the championship team in 2021. Um, Ham will be the successor to Frank Vogel. The Lakers flopped despite another impressive season with LeBron James, but uh, the 48-year-old Ham is getting his first head coaching job as the 28th coach in Lakers history. He's been an assistant to Mike Budenhoser and... This is also going to become the 15th black coach currently in the NBA, the most ever at one time. He was a, a player development uh, coach with Kobe Bryant's Lakers from 2011 to 2013 on the staffs of head coaches like Mike Brown, Mike D'Antoni. Ham then had five-year stint of the Atlanta Hawks staff under Budenhoser, developing a reputation as an effective communicator with versatile tactical knowledge. Uh, he also he also will uh, was part of Quinn Snyder, Kenny Atkinson, uh, who all became head coaches. So, is this the right season or the right pl- uh, coach for the Lakers? Now, well, right now, looking at this current scenario, the L.A. Lakers, uh, man, I, 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 <laughs> what do you say about it? Right? I mean. It's just hard to believe that, you know, this is the team that had Showtime. This is the team with Kobe. This is pretty much the NBA in a nutshell. Or when you think NBA, you think Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, because just they're the most they're the most popular team on this planet and even just around the world. Everyone knows who the L.A. Lakers are because of what because of Kobe Bryant, because of how he reached internationally. That was a big thing. And yet. Now it's just like last year. It's like, what is going on here? You sold yeah. all you sold all your youth and development just to allow LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook, or as they're calling him, Westbrook, because of how he played last year, <laughs> to just run this team. And yet Darvin Ham, I mean, he's taking this team with whatever it's got. And there are other the, some of those other coaches didn't want this spot. I mean, you mentioned Quinn Snyder. He worked with him, and yet Quinn Snyder turned the job down. He didn't want it. Like, there were rumors that he was connected and interested, but yet he, he would rather stay with Utah for quite some time because he doesn't yeah. want to 
stay with LA, especially knowing that you have to manage LeBron for at least one more year. You, nope. have, to ma- you have to manage pretty much all the other players that came along that nope. include Anthony Davis. And then also um, at this point, you're going to be stuck with Westbrook because right now, apparently there are reports saying that the Lakers, they want a reasonable return for <laughs> Russell Westbrook. For what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if the Sixers couldn't get anything for Ben Simmons, you think you're going to get anything for Russell Westbrook, especially after how he played last year? Actually, let's change that. It's Westbrook. We've already yeah. established this. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. You think Westbrook's going to get you anything of value? I mean, that's just not really going to work out right now because yes. it, you, you, it's just really frustrating for Laker fans, I'd imagine, because you, you got one championship out of this whole thing. I mean, you would have at least expected. And also only just two playoff runs. I mean, yeah. you had the run against Phoenix that lasted only the first round in and s- and six games. And you had a was play- it six of those four. <laughs> uh, no, I think it, it went six. It's just that Davis ended up getting hurt for like the last few games and it didn't work out for the Lakers. And then they didn't even make the play in this year. That's how bad it was. And now the Lakers, at least at the right, is out for another year. But Darvin Ham, all I could wish you is good luck. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, although for him though, he played eight seasons in the NBA and won a national or won a championship with the 04 Pistons before moving into coaching in 2008. Mm-hmm. So he has had some, he's had a few rings already with the Pistons and the Bucks. Um, those are East Coast teams, but this is when you're with the Lakers. There's a lot that comes with that. There is a lot more pressure. There is a lot more um, scrutiny. There's a, there, all eyes are on you. I mean, it's like New York. LA is so big on the West Coast. New York is on the East Coast. But those are two like cities that they will eat you alive. And is Especially this- for basketball because the Lakers yeah. are such a big part of the Los Angeles culture. Exactly. I mean, the fact that they lost in 2021 uh, with the against the Phoenix Suns. They won the NBA championship in a bubble season, which is what you would call it. 2013, they the Lakers really haven't done anything since the since Kobe Bryant left them. They made it back to back conference semifinals in 2011, 2012, but they didn't do anything in them. Uh, they won the nat the and. Uh, the championship back in 2010 against your Boston Celtics, but that's been it. And once Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant had left, that was done. Like there's nothing else for the Lakers and it's sad, but they just haven't been able to find a player that will stay. And LeBron, yes, he came to the Lakers. He came to the Lakers for a business thing. It wasn't just, I want to win championships. too. Exactly. It wasn't, that I want to, I want to win five, six, seven championships. I want to hear, I want to move here because it's nicer out here. The weather's nice. I can move my family. There's more businesses out here that I can get out the word. And it's, it's a business. Thing. It's not a, a, I came here to win championships for the Lakers. No, you came out here for, for, for personal gain. It's not a bad thing, but be real with what, with your expectations and what you came here for. So, it, I, hopefully it's not going to be enough. It's too much for him. They have some pieces, LeBron, but he's old. He's starting to get old now, and he's starting to play like he's an older player now. He's not going to give you 
40 a night, 30, he may give you 25 a night, but where's the rest of it going to come from? We know it's not going to come from a Westville Russ book. We don't know if it's going to come from Anthony Davis, if he can stay healthy, because he's starting to get older as well. You, you have an aging roster. You need fresh blood. You need new people. And this, unfortunately, this probably isn't going to be the offseason they're going to get anything done with either. Yeah, to, to even remember, this was the oldest team in the NBA because the majority of those guys are in their 30s because a lot of them came to play Le- LeBron. I mean, Davis, I think, was considered one of the younger guys, and yet, I mean, not even too young because I think he was only like 27 or 28 at that point. Something like that, so yeah. That, that's just that fact that this team was the oldest. Just because you're the oldest and have experience doesn't mean you have the ability to compete with that youth. I mean, the fact that you have Avery Bradley on your roster as well. I mean, he's old. And then you got Dwight Howard. <laughs> Dwight Howard. Uh, he's still alive and kicking. He's Who still knew? playing. And then, and then you try with guys like Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk, who, you know, you're just like, okay, background names. We need fillers, yeah. And then Wayne Ellington along the way. And then obviously Carmelo Anthony coming in as well. I mean, I, I it's crazy how you look at the two guys, Anthony. It, it, you look at it, Anthony Westbrook and Howard. These guys mm-hmm. were all, you know, the glory. These oh. were considered the top players. Howard made it to the finals. Anthony is regarded as one of the top players of this era with so much respect for the guy. And then Russell Westbrook or brick at this point is what he's become because he was the triple double man in Oklahoma city. And yet it's just, they've all fallen off the edge, the cliff, whatever you call it, just because at this point in their careers, they're just not the same players that they once were. And they've just floated around team after team after team. And now the the Lakers are unfortunately just where are the pieces? Where are the draft picks? Where is, you know, the hope of the future? That's just what they got to at least find, especially if they have any draft picks in this upcoming draft. I mean, that's just going to be their key to what they're going to have to do for the future and what they need to do to at least compete in this Western conference. That's only getting better. It's been, it's been good. Yep. And that's not changing. Nope. And the other thing, the funny thing is the last time that the Lakers had an aging roster with them was 2013. And look what happened to them in, in that season. They got swept by San Antonio when they ended up losing to the Miami wasn't that also, Heat. Wasn't that also a Dwight Howard? Yeah. Yep. I think it so was. Clearly Dwight. Yeah, it was it was also Dwight Howard, Steve Nash. Uh, I think Steve Blake was also the backup point guard at that point. Uh, and then I think they also had a, at the end of the season. They also had a Meta World Peace Ron Artest, I believe. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because Kobe ended up getting him into a playoff position, but towards AC or his Achilles, and then didn't play the rest of the season, didn't play the playoffs, and they just get swept. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't even funny. It was bad. And it's. I mean, for the Lakers. Since that 2010 game or championship game against your uh, Boston Celtics, it has not been number one. It has been second, third, seventh, no playoffs, no playoffs, first in 2020, and then no playoffs this season. It just hasn't been good for the Lakers. That's why, like, I love the Lakers fan base, and I love 
LA and I love the Lakers in general, but when they're good, that's when I want to watch them. I don't want to watch them right now. I don't want to watch them when the ticket prices are probably what, like $40 for a decent ticket. I don't want to go to those games. I want to go to the games where it means something. These games are, eh, I don't really care about that. Yeah, you want you want Jack Nicholson happy. I mean, the fact that he's been a long time. Yeah, celebrity fan. I mean, I mean, you got to remember that this is Showtime Lakers. I mean, this is not the same guys, but yet the 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 Lakers are about just the experience, but even just the celebrity glory. Like that's what people enjoy about going to Lakers games. I mean that. I mean, you got to respect it when you when you know watching the Lakers is fun. And right now, this is just not fun at all. No, it's really sad. It's like watching. Never mind. I'm not getting into that. Um. So what else do we miss, Noah? I feel like All we right. I just have else. to mention. I I, I just want to mention this. Yep. I mean, fantasy football. I mean, Tommy Fam. <laughs> the guy literally just went up and smacked him. I mean, I even saw one guy compare it to the whole Will Smith Chris Rock incident where he just <laughs> slapped him. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, good times. Oh man. Yeah, so so to sum up this incident, for those who do yeah, not know, Tommy Pham uh, ended up slapping Jock Peterson right before a game this past weekend, <laughs> and it was all because of an issue with fantasy football. Jock Peterson cleared it up in an interview and said that it was all because Jock Peterson put a player who was ruled injured um, on the injured reserve, and mm-hmm. he put him as listed out in the fantasy football league that he was in that way it would allow him to pick up an extra player. But apparently the people in his group chat and in his league were upset about that. And so they (laughs) ended up saying that he was cheating and all that. But then Jock Peterson saw that move happen in another fantasy league that I think he almost, I think he may have said that Tommy Pham even himself was in another league doing that move. And so he, he thought that wasn't cheating. And so he ended up just, you know, slapping him. And then as a result, fam got suspended three games or, <laughs> you know, pretty much almost starting a fight because um, even like the teams had to come together right before the pregame just because uh, of it. Of course. But it's just so funny because it's all about fantasy football. I mean, not even about their own sport, not their own sport, but it's fantasy football. This is something you do with your buddies, like during the regular season. And, you know, you, you may win some money. You may have your uh, one friend get a tattoo at the end of the year to show that, you know, you lost this, lost the league. But honestly, I mean, I think they may have also started something because now everyone's going to be like, if you do that move to me or if you uh, take my guy, I'm going to slap you like Tommy <laughs> Fan did to Jack Peterson. Don't make don't make me Tommy Fam you. I'll yeah. do it. I'll tell yeah. you fan the crap out of you, boy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's just one of the rare storylines that I never thought I would hear in the, in the professional setting of sports. Somebody getting smacked, uh, a, a fight almost starting just because of fantasy football. See, these are the things that you never know it's going to happen. And then when it happens, you're like, wait, what? Did, did I just read that right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that we missed? I don't think we did. I think I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, we got the NBA count, NBA finals covered. We have our picks in. I picked Golden State in six. You picked Boston in seven. Um, we talked about Luca and um, James Harden. 
We did not get to stump pegs, which that's that's kind of sad, not gonna lie. But you know, we'll get them next time. Hmm. There's always next time for that. Uh, yeah. so, good. Yeah, yeah, you always look forward to it. I know you do. <laughs> I do. It's it just brings me a lot of joy in my life. And when I don't stump pegs, then I have to figure out the next time when what question I can get to stump pegs. So I will I will return. Uh, this day in sports history, this is a crazy day in sports history, by the way. Uh, I have to say this one because I didn't think that this would ever be a first in sports day history, but it is. And we had talked about this before the show. In 1896, the first car accident occurs. Now, I don't think it's the first car accident ever, but it's the first car accident occurs. And Henry Wells hits a cyclist in New York City. So I'm assuming there was the a race in New York City, and that's what it is. Not the first actual car accident ever recorded. That yeah. would be interesting, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of history, but it would also make sense because considering that's when the vehicles were coming out in their late 1800s, early 1900s. Exactly. So you never know. Uh Wow, here's something interesting. 1935, Philadelphia pitcher Jim Biven retires Babe Ruth on an infield grounder in the Babe's final major league at bat. Ruth plays just one inning in Boston Braves 11-6 loss to the Phillies at the Baker Bowl in 1935. Yeah, now the great Bambino era finally coming to an end. I mean, it's sad because you know he is the greatest player to ever play the game and yet crazy i mean that uh, the fact that that was that this day was the last time he would ever play baseball here's some great news for yankees fans by the way in 1938 the new york yankees swept arch rival boston celtics 10 nothing and five to four in front of 83,533 people at yankee stadium well, I mean, you at least enjoyed it then, but now times have changed. We've still got twenty-seven. We, we still broke that curse finally. <laughs> still got twenty-seven. Still makes us better than you. What have you even reached the the double digits yet? Are you talking? Are you talking about the at World least Series? Wins? Um, trying to think. Uh, I think you have nine because I think yeah, the Cardinals have eleven. Yeah, we're we're at nine. We're we're still third. We're behind the Cardinals, but we're getting there. Uh, we'll see. We'll get there. We'll get. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, where's this funny one? Here it is. 1983, American League President League McPhail suspends Yankees owner George Steinbrenner for one week for his public criticism of umpires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One week vacation. I'll take it. (laughs) I I I think uh, even in the in the NBA, um, what was it? I think Mark Cuban got in trouble one time for criticizing a ref, and I think he said something along the lines of, "I've never, I wouldn't even hire you to run a Dairy Queen." (laughs) There is an interesting story about George Steinbrenner that a lot of people don't know. Um, I don't know if he attended Williams College, and Williams College is a private-owned college in. Massachusetts in it. It's hidden away in Berkshire County, if you know where this is. And he would, I think he had stumbled upon Williams College or something and Williamstown in general. And he actually he ended up giving a million dollars every year to Williams College. So he really was a very giving person. George Steinbrenner was. 
you don't hear about these things, but I, I remember reading this years ago and I remember hearing like, oh yeah, George Steinbrenner has been here plenty of times. And I'm like, wait, what? And growing up in New England, you hear about this and you're like, when, when does he show up? So I, so I can see him. And of course you're a little kid. You're like, oh, George Steinbrenner boss. Whoa. Uh, 1986, Barry Bonds makes his Major League Baseball debut for, do you know what team? The Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, unfortunately, the Pirates. <laughs> Poor Pirates. Yeah, but of course, that was before that whole, you know, steroid era. <laughs> and it was because of that in 1986 it started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In 2004, Indianapolis 500, Buddy Rice wins from pole for team owners Bobby Rahal and David Letterman in a rain-shortened race, 450 miles, 180 of 200 scheduled laps. Interesting that David Letterman was a owner of uh, Buddy Rice. I did not know that. And let's see. There's got to yeah, be yeah, something the, else. The, the, it's a big race that happens every Memorial weekend. Yeah. And again, there's been a lot of Memorial race stuff on this day in history, of course. And I guess I'll end with one more 2015 NHL Western conference finals, Chicago Blackhawks beat the Anaheim ducks four games to three in a seven game thriller. And that is this day in sport on this day.com in sports. And we want to thank that. Not really sponsored segment, but you know they they give us a lot of information on this day. So now it's your turn, no, with the quote of the day. All right, so yeah, so I found this quote and I it really uh, sticks with me. And this is uh, one that I found. I believe it's from uh, DZBreaking.com, and this is what it is. As it's. N- the quote is never regret a day in your life. Good days give you happiness and bad days give you experience. I mean, you got to think, I mean, there are, there are days where you enjoy. And then sometimes you look at the tough days and, and you wonder like, why is this happening to you? And also mm. wh- like, what, like, why do you have to feel this way? But sometimes you got to look, it makes you stronger. And at the same time, it's like, you got to learn to live your life to the fullest and ultimately it makes you a better person all around. And you just got also, it it helps you uh, live your life to the fullest and feel that way. So once again, never regret a day in your life. Good days give you happiness and bad days give you experience. And who was that by again? Um, This was uh, from a website. I found uh, DZ breaking. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. All right, this episode has been brought to you by Alpine Unlimited Company. Their mission is to provide high-quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedcompany.com. And if you use code ERIC, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedcompany.com. And use ERIC10 Eric to receive 10% off. Um, so that right there is going to do it on this Memorial Day edition of the Midday Man of Sports podcast. I want to thank you for listening and hearing us stutter and, you know, all the other language nuances that we did today. Uh, you know, this is why you shouldn't drink, kids. Just to let you know, a PSA, in case you didn't know or not. <laughs> not saying that I've had enough or a lot. I didn't have a lot. Just saying maybe three today. So it's not bad. 
but yeah, as Noah's drinking his little water, is there even water in there, Noah? Or was that yeah, juice? It, it, it's water. I okay. could promise you that. Or is it juice? I thought it was I, juicy time. I, I I ran out. What you you think I'm a little kid here? I know I'm. I know I'm like twelve years younger than you. But come on, <laughs> we need to give you a Capri Sun. Hey, those Capri Suns are good. <laughs> they are though you're not wrong. <laughs> Oh, is the pouch and everything. It's always yeah, very good. That was my favorite thing. What was your favorite Memorial Day uh, memory as we're talking about Memorial Day stuff? Um, well, Memorial Day, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, I think I've been to at least maybe some barbecues, but I, honestly, the last few years, I mean, I've always been working because my job, it's always been a holiday that I've had to work. But I, I will say, I mean... It, it's at least great that we could take a day and honor our military service members. I mean, especially those who have sacrificed so much and what for our freedom. And I mean, for this country, it's definitely a good time, especially when I was watching the NASCAR race every year, there's a tradition for the Charlotte 600 and every member who is racing, who is driving a car on their, uh, like they have the name placard where they put their name, they put, a fallen a member of the military who unfortunately lost their life to mm. honor them and remember them. And they took the time to also even stop the race. Everyone comes down pit road and actually they did the whole uh, honor and remember moment for those military members as well. Mm. That's awesome. You don't hear about that very much anymore. And I mean, obviously NASCAR said it's, it's ups and it's downs, but you do, they always do remember they're the first responders, the the military and we, and even us on the Midday Man of Sports podcast, we definitely uh, enjoy today, but we also remember why we celebrate today. It's because of the people that have sacrificed so much for us. And this is the reason why we're able to do this. Otherwise we'd probably be talking in, in a terrible accents right now. So, you know, yeah. we want to thank everyone who's sacrificed You've done more for us in this country than we have. And we, we thank you for that because, because of your sacrifice, we are able to be here and doing what we love to do. So we want to thank you for that. And on that note, I think that's a good place to end for Noah Pegler, Eric Miller. We want to thank you again and sign off. And when we come back, game two of the NBA finals will be in full swing. We'll give our recap of that. And I'm sure something in baseball is going to happen again. So we'll know we'll be on the, the trail for that. And who knows what we're going to talk about. But until that time, until next time. <laughs>